Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Somebody once said that if your plans is something that you can manage, then it's not big enough. If your plan, you wake up in the morning and you look at your plan and your heart skips a bit. Yes, probably that is from God. If it's your plan is bigger than what you can accomplish by your own power, by your own wisdom, by your own ingenuity, you know that it's definitely from the Almighty God. So when the Lord is calling you and is giving you revelation, it's giving you a chance to be a part of something bigger. When the Lord calls you, it is because He wants to reveal Himself through you. He wants you to be a part of His story. So when people say, unless the Lord does X, Y, and Z for me, I will not do X and Y. I'll just ask them, if you don't serve God, does that impact the Almighty God? No. If you refuse to serve Him today, the Bible tells us, He says He can raise up stones to begin to worship Him. So that doesn't mean that you are not important to Him. It just means that you are not that important. Sorry, but that's, but that's the reality. So when the Lord invites you, it's because He wants you to be a part of His story. Okay? And how you respond to that particular invitation determines how far you are going to walk with the Almighty God. How far you respond to the things that God is saying to you will determine the kind of, rela- the kind of relationship you are going to enjoy, the kind of blessings you are going to enjoy from the Almighty God. And there are basically two responses to the Almighty God when the Lord calls you. Basically two responses. The first response is for you to obey just like Abraham did and went on a journey to nowhere. You know, he just kept on driving. The Bible said, just get up and go. How many of us, if you hear that voice, you say, get up and go, and you have a good job. And like my sister here just got a bump in the pay, and the Lord just said, get up and go. He said, oh God, are you sure you're talking to me? You know, so there's one way for you to say, okay, obey. And there's another way. You can also respond in disobedience and be like somebody like Jonah. When the Lord said, go to east, he decided to go west. The Lord said, go to north, he decided to go south. You can be like that also. But one thing I can assure you is this. What, when the Lord is calling you, it come, you know, when, when, when it comes to responding to God's instruction, it is either obedience or disobedience. There is no third way. There is no third way. If you obey God partially, it is still, obe- it is still disobedience. So there is no third way when it's when you are obeying the Almighty God. And one thing I want you to understand is that you cannot ignore the Almighty God. I can assure you, you can't ignore Him. You can try to, you can think you are getting away with it, but it's because the Lord wants you to feel that way for the moment. But you cannot get away with it. Because not responding to the Almighty God is a response on His own. Not responding to the Almighty God is a response on His own. So there are only two ways. It's either you obey or you disobey. It's as simple as that. So when the Lord Almighty brought this whole idea that we call Lifelong Anointing Church, there was this this ingenious way that I decided to respond. Okay, I decided to respond in a more convenient way. To serve Him in a place where I don't have to worry about having to deal with the same people every week. It was very nice. 
When I'm invited to go and preach somewhere, I just go in there, preach the word, deliver the word, scatter the church, and then walk away. I leave the problem for the pastor to fix later, you know. It was very good because I had no responsibility. Okay? I had no responsibility to take care of a church, to, to minister to people and do all those kind of things. It was okay. So when I, I chose to serve God in a convenient way, I chose to focus on the things that were comfortable for me, the things that fit my own schedule, the things that will not rock my boat, the things that will not rock the boat of the people around me. Okay? And, and I was, and as I was thinking about it recently, I started wondering, why did I go in that direction? Why did I respond like that? Why was I doing, why was I playing it safe? Why was I so afraid to start a church? I was just thinking about it. And the way, you know, and, the, the, and the, it dawned on me that the reason why I responded the way I responded was because number one, I know myself. I know myself. I know my imperfections. I know the things that I can do and the things that I cannot do. I know how careless I can be when I'm baking some jokes. I'm a practical joker. And some people might not be so, you know, they might, they might not enjoy that practical joke. And I don't want to be a person who will build something with one hand and tear it down with the other hand because of the things that I say or the things that I do. So I know myself and that's why I was a little bit reluctant. Number two, I know my weaknesses. Only a man who is, only a, only a person who is not telling the truth will tell you that you don't have your own weaknesses. I have my own issues too. And I looked, I said, okay, look at this guy. Look at this issue. Why would you want to begin to do this particular business of the church? The church is meant for super, 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 super holy people. Okay? People who actually, who have, who have got it together. I know I've got it together. And that's why I kind of stayed away from this business. I know my fears. I know the things I'm afraid of. I know the things that I don't want to touch. I know the things that I don't want people to see. Okay? I know the areas of my life where I want to keep private. And because of that, I said, no, I don't want to get into this particular business. I know the responsibilities involved. Okay? I know the responsibilities involved. I know that ministry involves a lot of responsibility. That is, if you want to do it properly. I know there's a lot of responsibilities involved. And I looked at myself. I looked at what I have going for me. And I said, why would I want to put this on my plate again? Because if you put too much on your plate, you end up with indigestion. And I don't want indigestion. So what happened? I said, no. I responded the way I responded. I was also looking at the challenges that are involved. The challenge of prayer. The challenge of having to read the scripture. The challenge of having to live a life that is above power. The challenge of having to be an example to the believer. I didn't want to be that kind of example. I want to be just like a normal human being. I want to be able to drive on the freeway and be able to cast the other guy on the street without worrying whether they are members of the church. I want to be able to do that. You know, I don't want to, I don't want someone to say, ah, after all, God, pastor, eh, pastor. What? I don't want to be like that. You know, I don't want somebody to stress me out. I just want to be able to live my life. You know, so I know the challenges that are involved. I also know the demands of the office. I know the demands of the office. I know that it demands you to be able to be accountable to the Almighty God. Yes, I know I'm going to be accountable as a Christian, but it's a different kind of accountability when you stand here every Sunday telling people what the Word of God says. Don't be you are accountable to the same Word. I didn't want to be that kind of level, that one level of accountability. Okay. There is a difference between the way you deal with the leader of a particular group and the way you deal with the follower. Okay? You deal with the follower a lot be easier. The guy doesn't know, so you let him go. But the leader, you are, the Bible said that they, they, you know, they, 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 you that much, to, to whom much has been given, much is demanded. I don't want that kind of responsibility. And that was why I responded the way I responded. And I also know the power that is behind the office. The things that I say, the impact of those words, the changes that is able to make in the life of people, there are people who hang upon, who hang on to every word that comes up from this pulpit. And if I should say the words that are not according to the will of God, the kind of damage that will be done to such life, I don't want to be responsible for that. I don't want that level of responsibility. I don't want that level of that amount of power because I know who I am. 
And I know that this particular thing, I've told, I've said it here and I'll say it again. The difference between the people who are robbing the banks and doing crazy things and us standing here is the grace of God. And when you take away that grace, I have the capability to do the same thing. I have the ability to do the same thing. And I know if I have enough opportunity and, and, and I understand that the consequences are something I can manage, there's a tendency that I'll be able to do the same thing. I don't want that kind of power. Okay? And I did not want that much power to influence the life of people. And, and, and because I know these things, I was afraid that I was not only unqualified for the office of the pastor, I also was afraid of messing up people's lives. Because there are a lot of damage that people have done to the people, you know, that pastors and ministers of the gospel have done to the life of people that they are not even aware of. There are things that they have said that have turned the lives of people upside down. I don't want to be that kind of person. Does it mean that somebody, you know, it, does, it does not mean that people will not take what I say out of context. It does not mean that they will not interpret it the way that they want to interpret it. But I don't want to be responsible for that. I don't want to consciously lead people astray. And that was why I was afraid. Okay? And this fear was informed by one verse of the scripture I read years ago. It's in the book of Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, reading from verse number 6, the Bible tells us something there. It said, but whosoever cause one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, he said, it will be better for him if, he, if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were to drown in the depth of the sea. He said, woe to the world because offenses will come. For offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom that offense comes. In other words, there are people who will refuse to serve God. There are people who will decide to backslide. There are people who will decide to forget about the things of God. There will, there's nothing you can do about it. Just make sure you are not the reason for it. That's what the Bible is saying. And I don't want to be the reason why somebody else will not be able to have a relationship with the Almighty God. I don't want to be the reason why somebody looks at look at these people. This African man says he's a pastor. And look at the way he's behaving. Huh? If all of them are behaving like that, I don't want to serve the Lord anymore. I don't want to be the reason like that. And that was why I really didn't want to do this thing. It was easy for you to, it's easy for me to just sit down at the back, praise the Lord, enjoy the service, and go home. I don't have to worry about that. But at the end of the day, the Lord is now saying, you know, I want to, I, I wanted to do safe ministry until the Lord reminded me of something, of some very fundamental facts. And for the mothers that are in our midst, you will probably relate to this particular thing very, very better. You will relate to it better. The Lord reminded me that when a woman is pregnant, okay, when a woman is pregnant, and it's about to give birth, and the doctor say, push, 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 and the woman refused to push, 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 what happened? There is a strong probability that that woman will give birth to a stillbirth. Okay? When he tells you to push, when he tells you to open and you refuse, and you refuse to cooperate with the process of birth, the result in most cases is a stillbirth. And the Lord is saying, if I'm telling you to move and you refuse to move, there is a strong probability that that vision and that call will be aborted. And I pray that that will not happen to you in the name of Jesus. That the things that God has brought in your spirit, the Lord, the thing that the Lord is telling you to do, that those things will not die in Jesus' name. You know, that caught my attention when the Lord gave that. And the Lord also, you know, the, also the, the, the Lord also knew that I was afraid. He knew that there were some things that were in my mind. The Lord knew I was afraid of failure. He knew I was afraid of what people might say. He knew I was afraid of people not responding. He knew I was afraid of all sorts of things. And the Lord gave me an encouragement at the beginning of the year 2015. And that encouragement was found in the book of Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6 reading from verse number 14. 
The Bible said, then the Lord turned to him. Now talking to Gideon now. said, the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this thy might, and ye shall save Israel from the hands of the Midianites. Say, have I not sent you? After praying and asking the Lord, do you really want me to do this business? That was when he finally gave me this word and said, okay. And if you, if you, most of us, if you are close to me, you see that I carry, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a diary that I carry about. If you open that diary, the first page on that diary is already had this verse written on it. Because every now and then I wake up in the morning and say, what are we doing here? Eh? What are we doing here? Are we, is this thing really what it? Is this something that, have you really, have we, did we really hear you correctly? But the Lord says that, go in this your might. In other words, you are not the one who is going to be doing it. I am the one who will be doing it. And the question is this. Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because of what the Bible tells in the book of Psalms. Psalm 127. Psalm 127 reading from verse number 1. The Bible says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stay awake in vain. In other words, if the Lord Almighty is not doing, is not the one that called this church to be, we can do all the fancy preaching. We can do all the fancy connection and do everything that we know how to do. Nothing will happen. In other words, the Lord is saying that whatever you are seeing here right now, whatever you are seeing happen in individual life, the testimonies and things like that, it is the Lord who, it is the Lord's doing. He was the one that started this operating, this particular experiment that we are doing right now. Ordinarily, I wouldn't do it. I don't want to. But this is what the Lord is doing. It is Him that is keeping this particular place open, keeping it going. Because if I, if you, if you look at the cost of keeping this place open, ordinarily, that's one of the reasons why I didn't want to do this thing. Because I hate with a passion to ask for money. I hate it with a passion. Because, I know, let's just leave it alone. It is the Lord that is keeping the place open. It is the Lord that is preserving it. Because if you were to think of the things that are happening here, you begin to wonder and say, no, 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 no. It is the Lord that is doing it. And it is the Lord that is also sustaining it. My call to us as individuals, as family and as a church is to rededicate ourselves to the God that has called us unto himself. And that is why throughout this month of August, throughout this month of August, we are going to be focusing our attention on experiencing that fresh encounter again. That fresh touch of the Almighty God. That fresh visitation. That opens your eyes to see what God is taking you to. And we're taking our test this very morning. We're talking about the need for that fresh encounter this morning. Why do we need that fresh encounter? Genesis chapter 12. The Bible tells us the story of the man called Abraham. And many of us know the story. Reading from verse 1, the Bible tells us, Now the Lord said unto Abraham, Get out of your country from your father, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And ye shall be a blessing. And I will bless those that bless you and curse him who curse you. And ye, and you, all the families of the earth, shall be blessed. In other words, the Lord gave Abraham a call. Back that particular call up with a promise. And waited for Abraham to respond. And the Bible told us that Abraham responded. Abraham obeyed, took his wife, took his father, took his, uh, his nephew, Lot. And they now went on a journey to the unknown. They started traveling all over the country. They traveled all over the world at that time. And as, as, and as they went along, life began to happen unto them. The Bible says that he veered off into Egypt. And when he got into Egypt, because he was carrying the Miss, uh, what do you call it? Miss, uh, what was the name of that place uh, that Abraham came from? Uh, I think Abraham is uh, from 
anywhere from Haran or somewhere. Okay, so he was traveling with Miss Haran, with Miss Haran, very beautiful woman, you know. And as he was traveling with Miss Haran, he got to Egypt and he said, "Hey, you better tell them that you're my sister, not my wife, or else these people are going to young me." But at the end of the day, the Bible makes us understand that when life started happening to to Abraham, Abraham started to lie. Abraham started having issues, but the Lord Almighty was blessing him. And by the time you get to chapter thirteen, you will find that Abraham became rich. His young his, his nephew became rich, and the Bible said that they started having problems. They started having clash. And at one point in time, Abraham decided, say, the two of us have to go apart. You go your way, I go my way. And by the time Abraham, by the time a lot left, if you now look at verse number 14 of Genesis chapter 13, the Bible tells us in verse 14, it says, and the Lord said unto Abraham, after Lord has separated from him, lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northwards, west, southward, eastward and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendant forever. I will make your descendant as the dust of the earth. So that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendant also could be numbered. Arise, walk the land through its length and its width, for I will give it to you. In other words, the Lord, you know, in other words, the Lord God visited Abraham after the Lord had left him and renewed the vision and the promise he gave him in Genesis 12. Renew their vision. God's new visitation, his fresh encounter with Abraham was simply to tell Abraham, there is a reason why I brought you out of your father's house. There's a reason. There is a reason why I brought you to this particular land. I didn't bring you to this place so that you can begin to fight with a lot. I didn't bring you to this place so that you begin to struggle between your cattle, what your cattle will eat and things like that. There's a reason why I brought you to this land. There's a reason why I called you. And I need you to focus and get your act together. And there's a way that Deborah used to say that I can't say from the pulpit. But you need to get your act together. Okay? <laughs> Stop allowing yourself to be distracted. In other words, Abraham's fresh encounter with God was, a re- was to refocus his attention on the reason for his calling. In other words, the Lord visited him to say, my friend, you need to pay, you know, get your, get, get your act together. You know, this is the reason why I called you. The Lord was calling him so that he can have, you know, he can bring him to the point of understanding. Okay? It was a vision. It was to renew his vision. That was why he gave him that fresh encounter. It was to renew his promises unto him. It was to help Abraham to know how to make the main thing the main thing. And please understand that when God wants to do something in your life, number one, he will interrupt your normal flow of life to capture your attention. Okay? He will step out of eternity into time to be able to, to be able to talk to you and cause you to show you what he has in store for you. Okay? We will see, and you will see all these examples in the scripture. How the Lord God Almighty met, you know, met with Abraham, gave him a divine encounter and gave him a vision of what it will be. How the Lord met Joseph and tell him what his future will look like. How the Lord met Moses and changed his life around with an assignment that he gave to him. How the Lord met Joshua, David, Caleb, Solomon, and all the prophets, even unto the New Testament. How the Lord met him. You see the story remains the same. So this morning when we talk about fresh encounter, we need to understand what we are talking about. This morning, when I talk about the fresh encounter that will bring you back to understanding what brought this to, what brought this ministry to be, I want you to understand what I'm talking about. So when I'm talking about fresh encounter, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the experience of God. The fresh experience of God. The fresh encounter with the Almighty God. A confrontation with the Almighty God that renews and strengthens your heart towards the vision that God has given unto you. 
In other words, he opens your eyes to see and say, okay, this is where I am taking you. This is what I want to do with you. These are the things that I want to accomplish through you. And the question is, why does he give you a fresh encounter? Why does he open your eyes to see it all over again? He has already told you, why is he telling you again? Why does he, why do we need a, a fresh encounter? You will understand that because of our fallen nature and because of the environment where we find ourselves, most of us live in a polluted environment, a distracted environment. God sometimes has to visit us several times to give us the same information so that we can get, get the message. Because there are times when you are doing the same thing over and over and over. There is a tendency for your attention to be shifted. There's a tendency for you to lose focus. There's a tendency for you to forget why you are doing what you are doing. And the Lord God Almighty gives you a fresh encounter to refocus you and tell you, hey, get your act together. So the reason, number one, why we need a fresh encounter is to be able to recalibrate. Now what does that mean? It means for us to adjust ourselves and correlate with the standard that God has given unto us. This is what God wants us to do. This is what we are doing. The Lord is saying, I will give you a new vision so that you can be able to harmonize what the Lord is telling us to do. And that is why you find out even when we are dealing with children, every now and then we have to remind them of what we are telling them to do. This is what I want you to do so that you can recalibrate, you can bring everything together. The reason why we have a fresh encounter is where we can recenter our life. We can adjust ourselves so that we can go in the same direction that we are going with the Almighty God. We can refocus so that our attention is not diverted again. There are times when the Lord calls you to do certain things. And by the time you get into the business of doing it and get into the organization of doing it, your attention becomes distracted. You begin to do what other people are doing. You begin to do what other things that the Lord has not called you to do. And before you know what's happening, you have departed completely from what the Lord is telling you. And that is why you need a fresh encounter to refocus so that you know exactly what the Lord is telling you to do. You look at it in your own lives. Look at it in your own career. Look at it in your own family. You will find out that when you started your career, when you started what you were doing, that was not what you had in mind. That was not your goal. This was not the direction you wanted to go. But for some reason, gradually we're moving away, moving away, moving away, up to the point that right now you don't even remember where you started from. And the Lord is saying you need a fresh encounter to be able to take you back to where you started. So that you can remain on that narrow path. We need a fresh encounter so that we can re-energize. There is a tendency for us when you are doing the same thing over and over and over again, you get tired. It gets boring, right? It gets very boring. That's why many of us take vacation. And we enjoy the vacation more than the job that we're doing. You find that even the day that you're about to go on vacation, the text is always very good because you are very, very active. It kind of re-energizes you because you know you are going to rest. It helps you to be able to re-energize. When the Lord Almighty reminds you that these are the benefits. You remember when he was telling Abraham, he told Abraham, he said, open, just look at the stars. In case you have forgotten what I told you, this is what I want to do for you. I'm going to give you children so much that you can't even count them. He said, begin to walk the land. He said, everywhere as you walk this land, this is the place I'm going to give to you. It's not something that is in the abstract. The Lord brought it. It's to re-energize us when he gives us a fresh focus. It's also to help us to rededicate. Because if you don't commit yourself to that particular vision, there's a strong tendency that you will lose hearts. And not only that is for us to restructure our lives. There are things that creep in into our lives. Things that walk in that does not support the vision. The Lord is saying that I want to re, when you get a, when you get a fresh encounter, then you can restructure your life and get rid of the things that do not belong. Okay? Now, these are some of the reasons why we go through, why we need a fresh encounter. And then the question then that follows is that, who is the man that needs that 
fresh encounter? Who is the woman that needs that fresh encounter? Who is the family? Which family? Or what is the church? Or which church is it that needs a fresh encounter? I tell you, the man or the woman, the family or the church that needs a fresh encounter is a church that is vision is becoming glory. When you can no longer see what God is telling you to be with, the direction that God is leading you. When as a family you don't even understand the you don't understand the importance of the wife, or you don't understand the importance of the husband, or you don't understand the importance of the children, or you don't understand the importance of a relationship, your vision is becoming blurry. You need a fresh encounter. When the fresh, you know, you need a fresh encounter. When your attention, when your when your focus on the Almighty God has been shifted, when all you are doing right now is just going through the motion. You are just doing church. You are just playing church. We come and we sing praise that Lord. We sing those in the Bible. We do, we do the, we do our motion. Too fast song, too slow song. We do the offering and then we go home. When you get to that point and your focus has been shifted, you need a fresh encounter. We need a fresh encounter when the purpose of what we are doing is no longer clear. We don't know why we are doing what we are doing anymore. We come to church because we want to make this African man happy. Come on. If that is the reason, then you are going to be disappointed. If the purpose becomes unclear, the reason why you serve God is unclear. The reason why we gather as a church becomes unclear. The reason for us being a family becomes unclear. Then you need a fresh encounter so that Lord can open your eyes and you'll be able to see why you are doing what you're doing. When you begin to have conflict, you begin to have, you begin to associate with people who are in opposition with the will of God for your life, who are in opposition in the direction, the direction that you are traveling, people whose life is contrary to the life that God wants you to live. When you start company with those people, you need a fresh encounter. When you start sitting down in the place where the Lord says you should not be, when you begin to company with the people that the Lord Almighty calls you to come out from, you need a fresh touch of your Almighty God. When your attention becomes distracted, when you are not able to focus on the Almighty God, you need a fresh encounter. When your priorities are messed up, you are more concerned about the colors of the house than the house itself. You are more concerned about the flower bed than the foundation of your building. You know that you are in in deep trouble. I have to really caution myself not to use Deborah's language here today. But the Lord will help us. The Lord will help us. You know, when your priorities are distorted, when your priorities are distorted, you need a fresh encounter. When your heart is discouraged, yeah. you wake up in the morning and you say, why am I doing this? Even the people don't appreciate me. Even they are not doing what they are supposed to do. We call prayer point, they don't come. We ask them to pray, they are looking at me. I ask them to pray, they are, they are testing on their phone. I mean, why am I killing myself? We are doing night vision for nothing. You know, when your heart is discouraged, that is when you need to be able to ask that the Lord Almighty will touch you a second time. And give you a fresh encounter. And the question is, how then do you position yourself to receive this fresh encounter? How do you do it? Let's look at the book of Joel. Joel chapter 2. Reading from verse number 15, the Bible tells us. It says, blow the trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast. Call a solemn sacred assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children and the nursing babes. Let the bridegroom go out from his chamber. And the bride from her dressing room. Let the priests who minister to the Lord. Weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say spare your people O Lord. And do not give your heritage to reproach. That the nation should rule over them. Why should they say among the people. Where is their God. How do you position yourself? So that you can receive a second touch 
from the Almighty God. How do you position yourself so that you can now be, you can, you can receive a fresh encounter from the Almighty God? The first thing you need to be able to do is to be able to recognize the need for a fresh encounter. Blow the trumpet in Zion. In other words, something is wrong here. This is not the direction we are supposed to be going. This is not what the Lord Almighty has called us to do. This is not the purpose for which we are supposed to gather as a church. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Before you can receive a fresh encounter, you must recognize the need for it. You must understand that you have veered away. You must understand that your vision has become blurred. You must understand that you are complete with the wrong set of people. You must understand that your heart is not where it's supposed to be again. You must understand that the reason why you are doing what you are doing is no longer real in your heart. There has to be a wake-up call. That's why the Bible says, blow the trumpet in Zion if you are going to position yourself for a visitation of the Almighty God. Number two, you have to be able to consecrate it fast. In other words, you have to be able to separate yourself in order to be able to receive that fresh encounter. One thing I want you to understand is that God never talks to you in on a busy street. God never talks to you when you are busy, when you are, when you are scattered, when your mind is everywhere. Our God is a gentleman. He will never intrude on your busy life. Yes. He will wait for you to be settled. He will wait for you to be ready. He will wait for you to be listening before he speaks because he's a God that does not waste his words. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.